This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, and I'm joined by our NHL guru of EP Ringside and also Shap Shot, Sean Shapiro. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. I'm good. It's uh, it's kind of it's, it's kind of funny to be having this conversation on a Tuesday. With yeah. just, I mean, I know the NHL schedule is kind of around the holidays. Things get a little bit uh, um, jumbled up and everything like it. But the NHL is such a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday league, and so to be talking on Tuesday with no Stars game, but there was a game on Monday. It's my days of the week are thrown off. Not for a bad way. It's just kind of. It's just kind of. <laughs> It's just kind of a funny, uh, a funny thing is how it's working out. Yeah, so. absolutely. Wow, what a road trip! Uh, three wins, and the one loss was, you know, minus the overtime loss. The one loss was in the last forty seconds in Pittsburgh, where you played really well. And, and you know, I was just kind of thinking after the game, like certain things that we forget so quickly. One, I sat on this podcast last year. And all season, Craig and I would talk about the Six Flags ride known as the Dallas Stars. Some days they looked amazing. <laughs> Some days they the inconsistency, um, you know, just was a roller coaster ride. And I'm just not seeing that this year. And then I went even further and I thought to myself, as you mentioned uh, so brilliantly on last week's podcast about homegrown goaltenders. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, like, you know, Ottinger lets in one, and granted it was in the last 14 seconds, but boy, if Ottinger lets in more than two, we're like, oh, man, Jake just doesn't have it tonight. And, I mean, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, we had Turco, and Mike Smith played well for us, and there were some great flashes of Corey Lettinen, but, you know, they're really, you know, net minding hasn't been the strongest, you know, for the Dallas Stars over the years, and... Uh, another amazing performance from Ottinger last night. Yeah. And the stars have had, like, it's kind of the the interesting thing with the stars goaltending history, right? Is they had to go out and we talked about it last week. They had to go out and get the guy. They had to go out and get Ben Bishop, even um, and Kari Lettinen, as much as his Kari Lettinen is kind of like the, is like a tragic hero in stars history, because there were some years where Kari was great, but it was the years that the team was down. Like Kari was like kind of on that path as the team was going up, as he was going as like he kind of went up and the team was going down and then as he started to fall the team got better and um jake is though it's to kind of see the development within dallas happening and to see it 
happening on a nightly basis to see him find consistency. And you know what? I love the, the one of the things I loved about that game last night, and I'm going to say this is just as someone who played, who played the position. Um, you let you lose that shutout with 14 seconds left, and that sucks, man. Like you, you lose that with 14 seconds left. It sucks. You're pissed off about it. And I loved the body language we saw from Jake after the game. I loved the. There was no like. Uh, there was no anger. There was no frustration outwardly. Obviously, inside there was probably a little bit of f that or whatever of, of losing the shutout as Lady did. But I loved the way Ottinger just dealt with that, and I love how smooth and calm he is with everything. I just, I just, he is such the mentality and the attitude to be a number one goalie, and I think we see little. And I, I hear from people within the organization and talk to other people in the goalie community about it, and you hear the. You hear it from them, and it, I think we get to see little cracks of it here and there, like when he lets up a goal with 14 seconds left, but they still win, and he played that well. It doesn't bother him. He's a guy who, for example, I know a lot of guys like playing at home. Jake Ottinger actually likes playing road games, believe it or not. He likes playing road games. He likes being the bad guy. He likes going in and having everyone rooting against him. He he, he, he feeds off that fire. He has such a great starting goalie mentality, mm-hmm. and just – that's such a that's a mentality that um Kari Lenton didn't really have. Ben Bishop had it, but Ben Bishop's body kind of failed him at the end. It's yep. it's just it's so great to see. Um like I I I I've been loving watching this guy's development and, and it's and on a night like last night, you needed that. It was a great goalie duel. Like it was it was back and forth. Both goalies were great, and you needed that. The other guy blinked earlier. He finally had one going against him, but he had done enough where it put in a spot where Robertson could score to make it two nothing and get that insurance goal. He's been, it's hard to not wax poetically about what Jake Ottinger has been doing this season and where he keeps going and everything. Um, I, I just, I love the little ways he continues to take steps forward in his game and he's avoiding what I like to call the, uh, the kind of like he's at a hundred games now. So there's enough tape out there on mm-hmm. Jake Ottinger. Like every other, every team, um, every single team knows what to expect with Jake Ottinger. There's enough tape where you get, you get the scouting report. And like, for example, with the Stars, um, goalie coach Jeff Reese is the one who does it for the Stars shooters, where every single game he brings a uh, scout, a goalie scouting report to the Stars players, where it's like, hey, uh, this guy, this guy's let up most of his goals, high blocker, or he's, or high glove. And like the, the, every single team has someone doing that scouting report. And there's a, there's a book out there on Jake Ottinger and he continues to, even though there's been enough to write a book about him now, he continues to have success, which is where a lot of young goalies go from that flash in the pan to, well, they're just another flash in the pan. And just the more Ottinger continues to grow, the more he continues to do this. And just the mentality is great. Like it's, it's, I can't say enough about what he's been doing. Absolutely. And happy birthday to Otter. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. And as we mentioned on last week's podcast, uh, featured as one of the top 50 under 24. And that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's a special yep. list. And to, to be on that, I agree. The maturity and uh, just the calmness and the, the demeanor around the net. They actually featured him on the TV cast last night. And one of the things that he, you know, he mentioned uh, Ben Bishop a couple of times. And it's it's great to see that Bishop passed along uh, some of his knowledge. And I go back to that bubble. I really feel as though 
you know, that time around the team helped him. And also, though, getting in those games, even though, you know, a couple were blowouts at the same time, like getting those reps, in, you know, in a Stanley Cup run is, you know, is important. And, uh, you know, you could kind of see it then. And, it you know, once he had the ability to get the it's hard to believe that he started the year in Texas. Wow. Um, and what he is uh, today. And I, I, then, you know, then I was thinking like Team USA, who do you start, Hellebuck or Ottinger? Um, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a special time and it's, it's, it's really cool. I, I did want to ask you, yeah, as a netminder, so last night the post was very friendly mm-hmm. to the stars, but I also think I have this philosophy that if the goaltender is positioned right, that post it's not necessarily luck. It's, you know, you know where the post is and you're using it to your advantage and good goaltenders can get that extra space. Am I right on that? Or does it just come down to luck? Oh, it's not complete. I mean, it's the, your job is to defend the goal, the frame in between the posts. Right. So if it's, when you hit the posts, when it's a little bit of, I think it's kind of a combination of the two. Like I've always, there's 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 times where there's shots that hit the post, particularly um, sometimes you'll see it when um, to get a bit goalie nerdy for a second, you'll see a goalie in what's called the reverse VH where they're up against the right post or the left post. Um, so for our podcast listeners to try and picture this, imagine the right leg is uh, imagine, imagine the leg is the, the leg is flat against the post and they're doing what you call a post lean where basically the elbow and arm are flat against the post. You're literally conceding the post in that moment. And sometimes you'll see shots where it'll be like, Hey, the puck hits the post there. You're literally conceding that because you're intentionally building a wall off the post. So it's kind of a mix of situations. It's kind of, it's sometimes it's save selection. Sometimes it's a break one way or the other, but in general, a goalie's job is to defend the net and a shot that hits the post. And it's always funny to me because uh, a shot that hits the post doesn't count as a shot on net anyway. So it, it wasn't your job to stop that one anyway. So <laughs> as, 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 as a good goaltender defender, you're supposed to point out, well, that one wasn't, if, if, if he wasn't there, no one could have been goal and it wouldn't have gone in. So you didn't need to even need a goalie on that one. So the post is uh, you give it some love. You give it some love when it, when it, when it bails you out or, or you feel like you've made a mistake, but also uh, remember and point out that uh, it's not your job to stop the shots that hit the post. <laughs> so 19 year old Wyatt Johnston scored his eighth uh, goal of the year. And he's quickly catching up to the others. Only a few goals uh, behind as far mm-hmm. as uh, rookie um, goals in the NHL. And what I loved about that goal, I mean, amazing quick reaction to backhand it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was the positioning that he obtained prior and the ability to swing around like that, um, just the poise and just kind of the 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 natural hockey, you know, brains, mindset, whatever you want to call it, to be in the right position. And it just, you know, it's one of those things you just like take a step back and you're like, wow, he's 19 years old. That's amazing. And it was a, 
It was a terrific goal. I know he didn't get everything on the backhand, but the fact that he released it so quickly because he does have a quick release and and, and he doesn't have the biggest size yet. Uh, I, I just wonder if uh, his roommate Joe Pavelski is giving him some tips as far as um, front of the net presence. I um yeah I, I, if over at Shap Shots today if you want if anyone wants to check it out I went through and every, occasionally I'll go off I'll go through and look at kind of hey kind of go through and do this segment of why did that go in and I'll pick up the go through and kind of just kind of go screen by screen and break down the goals from from the game from the night before and obviously this was one where you're looking at that goal and this goal to me was um. I like watching, there's two parts of it. There's the the buildup to it, but since we're talking about Wyatt, the way Wyatt kind of drifts around, if you're watching the play, there's a pretty good angle that Bally Sports showed on the replay where Puck's behind the net, he's in the left circle, he's to the middle of the ice, he's back to the left, he's kind of moving around throughout all of this. He's getting, he's understanding his positioning, he's playing well, he's making things difficult, and then He's actually well boxed out by Josh Dunn, the Blue Jackets defenseman, when sure Ryan Suter takes the shot from the point. But he does a good job of, while Dunn is more focused on winning the physical battle, he's focusing more on the puck. And that's the reason that goal is scored, is because Johnston focuses on the puck. He reads where it is. He reads where it's going, while Dunn is more focused on the physical part of it. And even though he takes a little bit of a lick from Dunn, like I think he took a little bit of a cross check right to kind of the, the lower back while shoveling that home he focused on the right thing in the right spot and it's just kind of this hockey iq we're seeing with johnston where he continues to impress us he continues to find those little ways that make him fit and i mean it's with what he's doing now as a rookie and the way he's made things the way he kind of he's made himself such a vital part of this lineup I would have never expected this. Even when he even when he was up here, like I always expected him to be in Dallas for the season. Like honestly, like just with what they were thinking, like I always thought if anything, maybe we would see him like playing 60 to 65 games, coming in and out of the lineup a little bit. But he has surpassed what I expected as being someone who you can't take him out. It's not even it's not even like if it's not even one of those where it's like you could you have to work hard to find a reason to try to take him out of the lineup. That to me is so that that's not easy to do with most nineteen year olds. That yeah. is so absolutely uh, ter- terrific. Uh, it's you know it's great to see, and you know hopefully he'll put up fifteen to twenty. Uh, you know he was in a bit of a slump, but you know he moves around real well. Did want to even though it didn't get on the score sheet. I thought Tyler Sagan was really quick to the puck last night and uh, digging in the corners. I thought Radic Fox actually had a pretty good game. Um, and, and, you know, was battling at times and won some uh, face-offs and, of course, you know, did his job, even though they really didn't have to kill many penalties. And yeah, uh, just... Pete DeBoer made the decision and the, the line switch of uh, uh, Marchment uh, and uh, Jamie Benn on the same line. Uh, oh. I really like that combination. I thought that combination was clicking last night. And then and that's how the, the Johnston goal got set up to it was Marchment going below the goal line and basically leaving for Ben. It was two physical players basically controlling down below the goal line. Um, the one uh, it's, it's funny because like, I feel bad actually for um, you, you talked about Fox in there and I feel bad for him because it was a situation where I don't, if about a 
30 to 40 seconds before Robertson scored into the empty net, which stood up as the game winner. Fox had a Fox should have scored into the empty net. Yes, they had he a should, pretty, yeah. And it was kind of one of those moments where like you're watching at home and you're watching on the TV and you're like, man, I, I just kind of, you want the guy to score there just because you want people to get off his back. Right. And like rightfully, and it's, and it's like, he did everything else right in the game, but if Robertson doesn't score later, and Columbus scores with 14 seconds left, and it's 1-1 going to overtime. All of a sudden, we're going back and looking at, all right, why did Radic Fox not score? <laughs> like, like it's like I, I, I felt so bad for. I, I felt, I, I felt when Robertson scored later, I felt better for Fox because it was one of those where, like, I'm like, this is this is one of those situations where he had a good overall game, but the thing he's not great at is going to be the thing that's going to bring this all down if uh if, if the stars don't find someone else to put into the empty net soon. So Yeah, absolutely. So Pete DeBoer makes the decision to switch the lines up. I thought Ty Delandria as he usually does provided a lot of energy. Um speaking of DeBoer decisions, were you a little surprised that Wedgwood was in Saturday night against Carolina? Um not overly. I okay. mean, I, I think I, I the way that they've been trying to do things I think uh, for to use for lack of a better word, they they are they do want to work on Jake's pitch count basically. Like I, I think that's something too where it's you want to get. I personally, I probably would have played Ottinger, but I do think there is a bit of a ideology within the team of when we can, let's try to keep and protect because I think, I think the stars are well-versed in big goalies and long-term health issues. And so I think they look at what happened with Ben Bishop's career being over and occasionally sometimes are a little bit more cautious in using the, and use the backup a little bit more often because of that. And so that's kind of where I think that comes from. Um, Whether that's the right decision or not, I'm not really sure, but I'm not overly surprised considering um the fact of what the stars went through with Bishop at the end of his career and big goalie injuries, stuff like that. And, you know, if you guys listen to Friday spits and suds, and this is why you should listen to spits and suds, Sean, you were mentioning that you're like, Hey guys, watch tomorrow. I don't think there's a team in the league that is more aggressive on the four check than the Carolina hurricanes. And for that first period, I was like, wow. I was like, that is, I mean, they were all over the stars. It, it's it's impressive how hard they come. Yeah, it's I mean it's Rod, Rod Brendamore basically built the team in his image. Like that's what it is. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's like he couldn't. Uh, obviously, they had he won a cup in Carolina and all of that stuff. But basically, Brendamore basically took took the uh, the philosophy of okay, what did I do as a player? How do I apply it to eighteen <laughs> skaters? How do I apply it to eighteen skaters, some who are not nearly skilled as I was, yep. and make it work? And that's what he did. And I think all collectively, like Stars Twitter was as soon as as soon as the clock went to zero, everyone was like, good point, good point. That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, even I tweeted that. I mean, sometimes you just like, hey, you know what? If we get two, great. But boy, I'll, I'll take that point. That's a, that's a good one right there. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> all right. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I did want to mention the Texas Stars um, mm-hmm. because, oh, you know what? First, let's look ahead to Edmonton. Let's look ahead yeah. to Edmonton. Uh, obviously, the Connor McDavid show comes to town um, along with some guy named Seidel, who's also pretty good. Um, they have some weapons, playing better. Um, what are your thoughts on the Oilers this year? I mean, it's it's always going to be – McDavid is always must watch. That's kind of, that's a given. Um, but it is a, um, the Oilers coming to town is also a good reminder of how fickle goaltending can be. Um, obviously with, uh, Jack Campbell, well-known to stars fans has Mm -hmm. signed that big contract in Edmonton and is essentially now the backup to Stuart Skinner and has, five-year deal worth five million that's going to age that is already aging really poorly just four months into it um it's i i had someone ask me this question the other day about just mcdavid and dry and whether they they take away from each other's accolades having two players on that team and i would argue it's something where what Dreisaitl has become, and no, no, take nothing away from Leon and what he's done and everything like that, but what Dreisaitl has done and has been able to take to another level, I would actually argue is a testament to what McDavid is even more a testament to McDavid because I think Dreisaitl would have been a great NHL player, but he is the beneficiary of being in that spot where McDavid helps take him a little bit further, helps him be that... It, it's so much easier to be number two, right? Like, like it's, if you're the, if when it, when a te- when a team comes to town or you're planning for a team, it's so much easier to think like, uh, we got to plan for this number one option. We got to plan for this. It's if when you're number two, it's such a different mentality that is, that makes it so much easier to have success. And I think dry is just a example of how, how a great player can take a great opportunity and make themselves even greater because of a teammate. And so I think, I think it's a, what they both do is a testament to both of them. Um, now I think it hurts. I think it always hurt. I, I don't think I, it, I always struggle with the, the, the feeling of dry cycle as an MVP candidate, because I, I think you have to be the MVP of your own team to be an MVP of the league. But uh, I don't know. That's, that's a bit of a tangent I realize, yeah. but it, it works. No, no. 33 games, 64 points for McDavid. It's, it's wide. 54 it's for dry side. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's video game level stuff. Right. It's just like, and not just like good video game level stuff. It's like, you like put it on like rookie or easy mode or whatever the base level is. And then you go out and, and make the other team slower level video games. Yeah. Stuff. But w- you'll hear me say continuously when these teams come to town or when the stars play them, you know, some nice pieces like Columbus last yeah. night. I'm like, how is this not like I'm not saying be first, but how is this not better? Like 
you know, Line A and all these names. And I'm like, how is this not coming together better? Um, obviously, they, Columbus needs to correct their blue line. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, they have some really good pieces. Um, and, I mean, and for that matter, I thought Columbus played really well last night. Too. Yeah. Do you do you think do you think Jim uh, do you think Jim Nill on the flight back to Dallas uh, had our our same thought of I'm now looking at trade packages for Gustav Nyquist. Yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> I really. <laughs> well, I mean, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, I still want him. I, I, th- I think, I think the name, you know, I think you brought it, you brought him up, and I started looking into it, and I'm like, yeah, that, that's a good one. That's a good fit. Yeah. Um. A name that is not mentioned as much, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is not only, you know, a great defensive center, but you look, he's already had 38 points this year. And he's one of those guys that, you know, is kind of lost in the Edmonton shuffle, but this was a high, high draft pick from Edmonton who quietly, I think, has had a really, really nice career. I mean, he would be a, let's see, I think he's, he's probably like 20, 29. I don't know if he's 30 yet. He's like 29, 30 years old. I mean, he's someone who would have been. Yep. 29. Yeah. Like if he would have been the face of that franchise, if not for like, I mean, him and Taylor Hall, right. But like, he, he, he kind of, he would have been kind of the face of that franchise if not for the McDavid dry stuff. And it's, I think the way he's kind of, He's had some. He struggled to play all eighty-two games in his career. I think he's only done it once or twice. Um, like I think if he had the way he's kind of graciously moved into that role and embraced that spot, and I, that's that's testament to a player because it's he was the number one overall pick. When you're yeah. number one overall pick, you're supposed to be the guy. You're supposed to be the guy. You're supposed to be the one that build that everyone builds around. And and the fact he kind of graciously moved into that role and everything like that, I think it's a testament to the player. And um, he's also a pretty good. Yes, he's he's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good story too. Just as a person, he's always been. He's always treated things well and everything. I, I it's funny. I laugh. I remember he always brings me. I always bring me back to the. Uh, and we can use this as a great segue to get to the Texas Stars during the 2012-13 uh, lockout start of the season, right? I remember yes. him and Taylor Hall yep. were starting were starting the year for the Oklahoma City Barons, and uh, which, by the way, it's a shame that team is no longer is I, no longer there. Um, and and but, side uh, note, I actually went and saw them play against the Houston Arrows. Yeah, and so that. Uh, he was so good in like the 20 games he had in the AHL there. It was just like, it was basically watching him and it was, it was, it was such a good team. And uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, we miss you. We miss, we miss, we miss the Barons. It used to be such a great Texas. Yes. Uh, AHL triangle of, uh, of Texas, San Antonio, Houston, Oklahoma city. It used to be, used to get, and you used to get opponents into into Texas that you will never get ever again because like the Texas Stars used to be able to make deals with uh, this AHL scheduling is very hand drawn based on picking like hey hey how do we get how do we make this work and everything like that and right so like the Syracuse Crunch for example the Syracuse Crunch 
came to Texas a couple years where they would be like, okay, we can fly into Houston and then we can bus to Austin and then San Antonio and Oklahoma city. And then those four teams would also then come to Syracuse. Syracuse is not going to come to Texas for a one-off. So you just got by losing those, that kind of pipeline, that I-35 corridor plus Houston, like you, you lost other things about the Texas Stars schedule and it's kind of a bummer, but it's, uh, I don't know. I'll let you take it away here. The Texas Stars are pretty good right now. No, absolutely. Winners of seven straight. And I say that because that's the stars of the future. And we also have to keep an eye on the Texas Stars for salary cap implications in the future because you need your players coming up onto the roster to take some of those roster spots, which alleviates some of the uh, cap alleviation so you don't have to go out and get UFAs all the time. Um, So seven straight. A couple of people I want to mention. Matt Murray. Came up earlier this year um, as an emergency goaltender. But uh, right now, sporting a 2.40 uh, goals against. Uh, really impressive. Uh, 7-4 and uh, 1. So, uh, you know, good to see the UMass uh, goalie performing well in the AHL. And, and I say that because um, that's a spot in the future. Yeah, granted, Wedgwood's here after this year. But at the same time, you know, we talk about cap flexibility and you might have a future backup coming up in uh, in Matt Murray. And he's been, he's been a good tandem with Anton Hudobin, who obviously um, I, I wrote a story about Hudobin a couple of weeks back about how he's embraced the AHL assignment. and He's trying to find his way somewhere like because of the cap implications. I don't see a way without injury that Hudobin plays for Dallas again. But with what he's doing and how he's embraced that role with that team as a leader is uh it's it's it needs to be commended for Hudobin. Um he's really he's he's really played a key role in, in helping that group and and everything like that. And like I know, for example, uh Curtis McKenzie's the captain down in Texas. Obviously Dallas fans probably remember him. Curtis is now kind of in that leadership. He's on an AHL contract down there role and he's told me about how Hudobin really helps the room and keeps guys together and everything like that. So it's it's a good mix. Though I think one of the things that the Texas Stars and uh, the Dallas assistant GM and the Texas Stars GM Scott White, what he does is he does a really good job of finding that insulated veteran core that helps other that helps other players grow. It's the the Riley Barbers, the Tanner Caros, the Curtis McKenzies of the world. Those three guys are actually the Texas Stars' three leading scorers. And those guys are there fully knowing that they're not really part of the Dallas future, but they are part of helping build the Dallas future. And Scott White does a really good job of finding guys who are willing to embrace that role. And oh, by the way, you get to play professional hockey in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So it's, not yeah. A, it's not a bad gig. So it's. Um, so so for, uh, so for those yeah. stars fans that look at the stat sheet and say, "Wow, who's this Riley Barber guy? He's twenty eight years old." A- explain if you can, Sean, the cap implications why a Riley Barber can't come up. Uh, well, I mean, Riley Barber he actually probably could. I mean, Riley's cap hit is seven fifty. Okay, he he probably could come up in theory. He's someone who, um would uh cap wise would come up but he also wasn't really signed with the nhl in mind his contract there's a thing in the uh you have i'm trying to pull it up exactly here the because you have two-way contracts and you have one-way contracts 
Exactly. And, and the big thing about one thing the stars do with um, one thing that the Dallas stars do and they do and that when they take care of their guys who sign like this, Barber signed knowing that he probably wasn't going to get called up. He was signed knowing that he was going to be asked to be a veteran and help younger players kind of grow the league. And Barber is kind of like, he he's, he's the classic four a guy, right? Like he's got about 16 career NHL, 16 career NHL games, zero points. He's about a point per game guy in the AHL, but every time he's been in the NHL, he's not really an offensive piece. And so he's someone who has a lot of the NHL skills, but not that other piece that allows him to stick in the NHL and the stars kind of want that experience and those veterans to be the guys that help their prospects find that other piece. And Riley, Riley Barber is compensated for this. Let's, let's not forget that. So he's got a one-way contract. He's got a two-way contract. I saw, I'm sorry, but it's one that comes with a $750,000 salary in the NHL, but it comes with a guaranteed his, his salary comes with a $300,000 guaranteed in the minors, which is something where, $300,000 $300,000 per year to play professional hockey. That's nothing to sneeze at. And yeah, stars, not bad at all, huh? Like, And another thing the Stars do quite a bit, they've done it in the past with the Justin Dowlings of the world. Um, they've done it with guys like this where they sign them to the NHL league minimum, but make it worth their while by putting in the guaranteed money um, for the minor leagues. And that way you have veterans who want to be in Austin. You have veterans who want to embrace this role. And Barber could be called up. Like he could fit the ball. Like if, if you needed, if, if it got to the point where you had an injury and you needed to call a guy up, it, it could happen, but you've got young guys that he's helped develop who are ready to step up to it. Like Barber's probably only getting called up if Riley Tufty was not ready for the call up, yeah. frankly. So do you and think Riley, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Tufty was good last night? Yeah, I thought he actually. was too. Yep. Yeah, it brings yep. up an injury. And I know he was playing well at the AHL level. If Riley Tufty's a fourth round, fifth round pick, do you think he gets the call up? Or is this something like, hey, we got to give this guy a, a, a real strong look? Now, they did wave him in the offseason. So um, yeah, there, I, there's I, that. I, I don't think he got his call up this year because of his draft status. Yeah. Um, last year. I, I think I'd have to, I believe. I would argue I would argue this year with what he's done in Texas, it was the call up was more earned and everything like yeah. that. Um the call up and trying to and giving him ten NHL games last year was more of a you're a first round pick, we gotta see what we have here. Like I, I don't think he gets with how he played last year, and he wasn't bad in Dallas last year, but with how he played in his ten games in Dallas last year, it's not like that was overly earned. That felt more to me like we have a first round pick. We have to see what we have. That is the call up. That that is the status that comes with the first round pick. There was something I've always thought about. Um, former Dallas Stars now um, in Chicago. Um, Jason Dickinson always told me he's like, I know, and I can't take it for granted that early in my career I will get more opportunities because of the round I was drafted in, and I hmm. have to remember that because otherwise there and I won't name. There's other players who have forgotten that. And they maybe got their NHL game, 
but they never got anything more because they forgot that's why they got their NHL game. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Another name, uh, Jacob Peterson. Um, yep. Interested to see when he makes it back to the big club. And, I mean, the big club's playing really well, so these decisions are are, are tough. But uh, I, I like how he's getting seasoning in the you know at the AHL level. Um, at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm kind of excited to uh, to, to see him back. Uh, last year, I had questions about Kiviranta. Um, mm-hmm. This year, uh, boy, I, you know, I mean, maybe it's the DeBoer system, but that speed is really coming to light this year. Yeah, I think uh, Kiviranta, for me, has been, he's, he's this year, um, like he's kind of become, this year is kind of what we would want Kiviranta to be overall. Uh, he came in with such a weird like intro, right? The, yeah. hat, trick against, <laughs> the hat trick against the avalanche yep. to, to knock out the avalanche in the bubble and everything like that. And it just set an unfair expectation, truthfully. Like I think for fandom, it's sure. when, when, when you have Joel F and Kiviranta, like all of a sudden, like, like. It was one of those where the legend was built before there was any backstory. Uh-huh. And, and so it kind of created this unfair expectation of like, oh my God, look at this yeah. goal scorer. And he never really was a goal scorer. He was always he was always what he is this year. And so I I think he's done a good job adjusting. He's someone who um is now finding his his groove well. He's got good speed, and that's just another that's 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 purely a Dallas Stars having a really good relationship with Yuri Letton in signing. So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a Letton legacy signing. We'll call it that. that Absolutely. Is, well, anytime you can get well. yeah, anytime you can get Effin as your quick middle name, that's a yes. That means you're playing yes. pretty special. It's kind of funny yeah. looking back at that with his three goals against Colorado, and then yeah. Dennis Gurionov sends you into the Stanley Cup with a one timer. So it's yeah. it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of interesting the names you know. And that kind of brings us to, uh, almost to our final topic. Um, I did want to touch on uh, James Van Riemsdyk real quick. Um, but first, uh, you wanted to talk about there's an amazing highlight online um, that I believe you also tweeted out. Uh, Timo Hartkinen. And as you were telling me earlier, um, not necessarily a prospect, but in a no. shootout. Yeah. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I, I mean, the deception of the eyes, you couldn't even see where the puck was going. And it kind of brings up the topic of the shootout and the creativity that it's brought to light as far as how good these NHL players truly are as far as their stick handling. Yeah, he tra- he basically, Hartkin basically tries the one-handed Zorro move almost, if you call it, and it's... It's uh, I it's amazing to uh, see how these guys can pick up pucks and the skills and the hands and how skilled players are now, and like I love seeing Harkonnen try that in the shootout. And um, but it it it's funny because it's amazing where we are now where this is accepted in the game, and I think it's it's both it's 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 kind of the evolution is fascinating because you remember. There was the there was the Michigan goal right that Mike Legg scored mm-hmm. He's, when he was a teammate with Marty Turco at Michigan. So this would have been ninety seven ninety eight or whatever. And then so and the goal was just called the Michigan, and it lived that way for like twenty years, where no one ever did it. Where it's like, okay, this one guy at Michigan did it, and now we've seen it with we've seen it multiple times. We've seen um, 
uh, Svechnikov in Carolina do it multiple times. Trevor Zegers has, I believe, two goals that way so far, and then he's also got the the flip where he flipped it over the net to uh, he did to Sonny Mo- to Sonny Milano against Buffalo. Finish. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's something where like these lacrosse style moves are becoming. They're not just gimmicks, though, which is the part that's like it used to be thinking like, oh, it's a gimmick. Use that in a game. Ha 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 ha. That that was like the the Internet commentary, like someone would play around um, and uh, would would do a move like this. And people would comment like, oh, do that in a game. See what happens. And like now, guys, do it in games. Like, yeah. look at what Trevor Zeg- look at what Trevor Zegras does. And it's I, I, I had a con- I had a good conversation with I don't know if anyone um, if anyone has ever follows is him on. I think it's on TikTok, but Zach Bell is a uh, is a guy who has a who's a former uh, former junior hockey player who had to retire because of head injuries. But he now does basically all these kind of trick shot videos on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. And him and I have talked quite a bit about how the skill and what guys are able to try. And he always talks to me about how these young younger players, these younger kids, are trying all these new things and we have no idea what's coming next and it's it's kind of it's fun for the game it's terrifying for goalies and also it may it also kind of it kind of adds to we're at a spot where nhl goaltending save percentage has gone down 10 percent on average in the past 10 years like it's something where the game is getting i i would never want it to become fully lacrosse but Mm -hmm. we're seeing more and more of this we're seeing things that are yeah. truly kind of amazing that someone can do with their right hand coordination. And uh, I think uh, like this tweet, uh, this highlight from Harkonnen basically popped up onto my feed because it was quote tweeted by Robert Esch, who was a former NHL goalie and Robert Esch quote tweets saying, thank God I retired. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, did you see the hit last night in the Vegas game? I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Am I wrong on that? That's kind of, I mean, it was a big hit, but that's kind of the player positioning as well, right? That caused him to somersault? Yeah, yeah, I would argue that. Yeah, because yeah. it was a clean hit, right? Kind of? Yes, yes. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's kind of the, it's kind of like the, uh, it, it's it's similar to the, was it similar to the Ryan Reeves hit? Yeah, that's where I was about to go with. Okay, it's similar to, the, it's similar to me to the Ryan Reeves hit on on Philip Ronick the other night, where it's like it's something where by letter of the law it's legal, but by what you're trying and saying is and isn't allowed for player safety, is that the right decision? It's, that it's, absolutely it's, yes, yeah, scared it's, me. It's, 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 yeah, it's a gray area for that, where it's like like letter of the law, it's legal, but it's kind of the whole. It's and I don't want. I'm gonna say one thing on offsides, and I refuse to talk anymore about offsides. It's just like offsides. It's are you worried about is are you worried about the spirit of the thing, or are you worried about the actual real implication of it? Because it's very, um, it's a space you have. It's 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 interesting to try to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, James Van Riemsdyk, uh, Philadelphia has said we'll listen to offers. Um, It'll be uh, interesting. He does have an expiring contract. Um, he does get paid well. Uh, mm-hmm. Having a good year for the Flyers and veteran presence. Um, always been a solid player. Your thoughts? Um, if uh, the Nyquist trade doesn't work, I would go down. I would, yeah. I would consider looking at this. Um, okay. 
I, I would I would especially because he's I believe his cap hit is three sorry his cap hit I believe is seven million which around the trade deadline would be around three point five I think yeah and think. plus the bonus yeah. has already been paid so yeah 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 um he's a guy who I could I I would be for the right piece he's he's someone who he is an expiring contract. Um, it's a win now type move. And I think the stars should be making win now type moves, but I also want to be careful on what I'm willing to part with for a 33 year old as well. So that's kind of where, that's kind of where my thoughts come on it. Um, if the market is, uh, if, if the, if the market situates something where it fits well with Dallas, I would do it on all of these trades, whether it's Nyquist or Van Riemsdyk or whatever, I think teams need to learn the lesson that um, who did a, do you remember who Calgary traded for last season? Who did they trade for in season? It was, um, why, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, oh, that's a good question. They, they, tra- they traded for a forward in season. Um, was it with Montreal? Yes, that sounds right. Um, who did they trade for? Why is this about, um, Oh, Toffoli, the Toffoli. Yeah, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that Calgary did that in February. Like, I, I, I think teams wait till, and remember February was earlier in the year than, than normal for a normal trade deadline. Um, I love, I think teams should be more active now. Obviously, they can't trade, like, as we're talking right now, the actual NHL roster freezes in place, so there will be no trades until... December 27th, I believe, is, is the current roster freeze. Um, but I, if I were a GM, I see the deadline there. I would be more interested in making moves earlier because as you get close to a deadline, prices go up. And if you can get your guy in in December or January, they, it's more time to acclimate. It's more time to get used to the team. Like, I know people are like, oh, let's see what happens around deadline time. Like, I personally, not just for stars, for any team, I would be looking at, okay, how do I add now? Mm-hmm. Because because I may get the best deal now as opposed to waiting for a bidding war. Like you gotta remember, it's not like it's not like it's not like GMs have like a stock market board where they're posting and, and everyone has to know who you're talking to. You yeah. can just make the trade. And so I would I would I would look at trying to get something done sooner than later just from a element of having my team the best possible team for the playoffs where I get this player in, whether it's a nice quest or a Van Riemsdyk or whatever. And I get them in now and I get a month. I get, I, I have that learn. I have space for the learning curve as opposed to, well, they got to figure it out right away. Yeah. And we're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So. Also gives time for the fit. Ryan Reeves in Minnesota is a good example. And not that he wasn't making a, you know, he was fine in New York, but he's made quite the impact in Minnesota mm-hmm. um, and getting regular I did, I did, playing I, time. I, I did like uh, his uh, his uh, Santa warm-ups shtick the other day. I don't he, know if you saw that. Yeah. So. You know, I was watching him on uh, – I had some tapes, some after hours of Hockey Night in Canada. I, I know some people don't like him. The guy, similar to P.K. Subban, is a wonderful personality. Um, I'm really excited for, you know, he mentioned that broadcasting does interest him. And, uh, you know, I think he'd be great, similar to what Paul Bissonnette has done in the booth. 
Uh, I think I think Ryan Reeves is another guy that would be a great fit. Um, you know, I, I just I think their personalities and you know I, he just loves messing around with people and his teammates love him. So I mean, I, I you know it's yeah I love his personality. Uh, I love his. Yeah. There, there, there's a reason that you know people want to keep trading for him. It's not like he's a you know it's 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 a good room guy. Um, and I'll always remember uh, Sidney Crosby was happy because when he was in Pittsburgh, no one was bugging Sidney Crosby. So I still think there's a small place in the game for that. Yeah, it's I, I have my issue is not as much with Ryan Reeves or what he brings to an individual lineup. My issue has always been I've just been amazed at what teams have been willing to trade and to use cap space wise, just because it's it, and it's it's more so his role and good for Ryan Reeves that he's been able to make as much as he has in that role. It just seems like there's more you can use to maximize other things that involve putting the puck in the net. That's always been my thing with Ryan Reeves where it's not, it's, but personality wise, he's a great dude. Like he's a great dude. Like he's got a, he's got a brewing company uh, that he's been working with. Um, um in vegas in vegas and he actually was about to try from my understanding was about to try to get distribution going to new york and then he got traded so i don't know if that's still (laughs) the case or not but (laughs) so yeah in my my last trip to uh vegas uh i was at the game and i was just asking random fans um i was like do you miss reeves and they're like oh man we we loved him we loved him just, they they love his personality, so you know he was perfect for that team at the time to come into a situation and a personality in that community that you know you can kind of gravitate toward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, sir. I have so much more to talk about, but I have to let you go. This podcast keeps getting longer and longer due to your vast knowledge. We're uh, it's 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 fun though. This has been good, and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back on. We'll be back on Friday. So. Don't worry, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will be in Massachusetts, so we're going to try to figure this plan yeah. out. Yeah. Um, we are going to try to figure this plan out, uh, and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can do something to keep bringing you uh, spits and suds. And if you like today's podcast and you enjoy some of the content, you can do a couple of things. You can tweet us and tell us what you want to hear. If you want us to talk some uh, NHL and specific players, we can certainly focus on that. If you like today's Texas Stars conversation, you can also ping us about that, and we can focus on players down there and their possible future in Dallas. And overall, if you could like and spread the word that there's some great hockey talk happening in DFW, that is always awesome. Happy early holidays to you, Sean Shapiro, and I look forward to our next conversation. And happy holiday to all our listeners out there. Please spread the word, and thanks for listening to Spits and Suds.